Welcome to Wine and Real Estate, the podcast where we drink wine, we have fun, and we learn about real estate investing. Real estate investing is so much more than just buying buildings. It's about building relationships, building your dreams, building your dream lifestyle, customizing your life. What do you want to do? What do you want to achieve? It's much more than money. It's more than getting rich. It's a different type of wealth. It's the wealth of time, the wealth of freedom. It's so much more. So every week we have different guests and we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get your feedback. Please give us a rating, a note, good or bad. It's all about learning here. Uh, we're just being vulnerable and showing you what we learn, who's in our network, who do we find interesting. And if you'd like to be a guest, make sure to send us a message. So we hope you enjoy our show. And now let's get to the wine and the real estate. Let's start this episode with some financing tips from our go-to mortgage broker, Streetwise Mortgages. Over to you, Dahlia. Hi, I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages. We all know by now that the rate environment is shifting and that interest rates will continue to rise as the Bank of Canada aims to control the higher-than-expected inflation. By the end of 2022, the Bank of Canada is expected to increase the overnight rate to get to a 2% target, which really translates to another 1% rate increase from the time of this recording by the end of 2022. This will have, of course, an impact on all variable rate mortgages, lines of credits, and unsecured loans. Also, more increases are expected in 2023. The pace at which this will be implemented depends on how inflation plays out and the impact on the economy. In this episode, I would like to equip you with various strategies to plan for the rate environment ahead and to help you make an informed decision. The first one is whether or not you should lock into a fixed rate. Right now, the gap between a variable and a fixed rate is about 150 to 170 points for residential mortgages, meaning if you were to choose between a variable and a fixed rate today, you will pay a high premium to lock in. In the past, this premium used to be a lot smaller. So as we stand, variable rate has a good runway to rise to where the fixed rates are currently. Further, choosing a fixed rate right now presents a risk of locking at the peak. Rate increases are expected to ease up once the Bank of Canada gets a handle on inflation, which is projected to be anywhere from 24 to 36 months. For real estate investors in particular, variable rates offer flexibility for equity takeouts as investors rely on equity to grow their portfolios. So if you choose to stay with a variable rate, I would suggest that you stress test your portfolio. We have developed a complementary calculator to help you do so and to assess the impact of rising rates on your cash flow and on your monthly budget. There are several ways to address any impact by creating capacity in your budget. This includes the following. One, extending amortization on select loans, which will help you lower your monthly payment in some cases. Two, being proactive about paying down any expensive debts that you may have with cheaper money. And three, converting portions of some of your mortgages to an interest-only loan if needed, which again would reduce the monthly payment on the loan. 
You also need to be aware that as rates rise, mortgage qualification will get tighter and tighter as qualification is tied to interest rates under the stress test rules. And where, where we are right now, uh, we are approaching a point where the new rates will impact mortgage qualification as the banks will use the higher of the rate plus 2% or the Bank of Canada qualifying rate at 5.24. So I suggest that if you have equity in properties, uh, is to basically take the time to set up lines of credits and set up capital um, on your properties while the values are still holding up and while qualification still works. If you're planning on purchasing, it is best to be proactive about planning your finances and utilize any debt management or income generating strategies with your mortgage broker to keep your borrowing power at its best. And lastly, there is an expectation that values may soften in some markets and I strongly recommend that you keep the appraisal condition in your offer to protect yourself against any value surprises. If you would like to get a copy of our rate scenarios calculator or explore options for how to hedge against the upcoming rate increases, our team at Streetwise Mortgages would be happy to assist. Email us at info at streetwisemortgages.com and cheers to your success. Hello everyone, welcome to Wine and Real Estate. So today I'm excited to be chatting with my friend Dahlia. Dahlia from Streetwise Mortgages and Streetwise Wealth as well. Sorry, I kind of revealed a secret there. But we're going to be having an interesting chat about scaling and different strategies to help you like creative financing. So welcome Dahlia, you've been in the business for a few years, you know the ins and outs. Uh, so what are your kind of top recommendations for investors in 2022? Well, thanks, Francois. I always enjoy chatting about investing and mortgages and uh, right out of the oven today, uh, Bank of Canada raised the rate. Yeah. And how after, is that affecting things? After two years <laughs> of holding off. So I'm sure some investors are anxious thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God, the rates are going up. What do we do? And I tell everybody, there is no reason to panic, especially investors. Here's the thing. You know, if you're on a variable rate mortgage today, there is a spread of about one and a half percent to lock into a fixed rate. So that's quite a bit of a premium. So there is um, a, a runway for variable rates to go up, number one. Uh, number two, I am a big fan of variable rate mortgages, even though the rates are going up for investors. I am a big fan of variable rate mortgages because um, you want flexibility as a real estate investor. You want to be able to recycle that equity and continue to grow. You want to be able to tap into equity once you renovate and variable is your friend. Yes, you may be a little bit exposed, but honestly, there is quite a bit of room for rates to go up on the variable rate side. So no need to panic, no need to go and rush and lock into fixed rate mortgages. And that's really um, hot out of the oven today. Yeah, no, I love it. And it's so true. I was speaking with my wife at lunchtime about this exact conversation. How is this going to affect us? Because we have a lot of variable mortgages. But as you, as you said, it's more about the, the terms and not just the rate itself. And of course, if 0.5% makes or breaks the deal, it wasn't a good deal to begin with, in my opinion. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't assess a property based on where the rates are today. You always have to factor an increase and 
if your numbers are still healthy, it's still healthy. Great. That's exactly, that's exactly it, Francois. That's perfect. Yeah. And then I, we, you sent me an email, so we're, we're going to be very open with some great ideas about eight building blocks. So is interest rate a building block or not? <laughs> well, I, here, here's the thing. You're, I think you're referring to what we call the financing roadmap, which is yes. an exclusive methodology for uh, financing investment properties to scale. Uh, there are eight building blocks, and I'm happy to walk through them. Uh, definitely as part of a financing roadmap for an investor, we look at interest rates. We look at where are the opportunities to lock if needed, where are the opportunities to save, where are the opportunities to accelerate payments. So definitely the interest rate discussion, as much as the rate alone is not as important, it is part of the strategy discussion yeah. for the investor, right? That's it. If now we'd buy with credit cards, at 24% and we'd be good, but we're not there yet. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So yeah, there are eight building blocks for the financing roadmap. Uh, we'll walk through them. I'll explain how this typically helps investors. And the rate discussion is always part of that uh, roadmap anyways. Yeah, and it's interesting to see like half, half a point, how it goes up 1%. How does it affect your cash flow building in that buffer? So a financing roadmap that sounds really exciting a lot of my students and my audience ask me all the time what's the best way like do i lock in this house i buy this i buy that you do need to have a plan because if you go on a buying rampage you can kind of block yourself from maybe better products or better services so can you walk us through kind of briefly um, what that looks like and yes so we're big fans of planning and strategy. And as much as the language on the street is mortgage this, mortgage that, mortgage is just you know a small element of money. As a real estate investor, you really want to think ahead about everything money with respect yeah. to growing your portfolio. And you really want to be proactive about uh, figuring out where is the money going to come from? How are you going to maximize your borrowing power? How are we going to structure your deals in order to enable your growth? What sources of money do you use first? Like sometimes, for example, investors, um, you know, have joint venture partners or have private money or traditional mortgages or commercial mortgages or alternative mortgages. Which sources of money do you use first as an investor? So all of that is part of a planning conversation. And um, we've created an exclusive methodology that we use with investors. We call it the financing roadmap. Essentially, we sit down with every client for about an hour to plan out eight blocks of financing and the investor walks away at the end of the day with a kit called the financing roadmap that gives them clarity on how they're going to move forward at least to purchase their next three or four properties so these eight blocks francois are the following block number one we call it assessing your current state if we want to uh sail a boat right yeah. <laughs> the destination, we have to know where, where we are right now on the map. We need That's to it. know how things look right now. We need to get that pulse. So we go through the exercise of understanding where you are right now in terms of your finances. Okay. So that's number one. Then we talk about your goals. Okay. If we're setting up financing without that discussion, then we're setting things out of context. I want to know as an investor, how many properties are you looking to purchase this year? What strategy are you going to focus on? 
Uh, do you have partners? Which markets are you going to invest in? What's your big picture ultimately to grow your portfolio? Are you looking to quit your job? You know? Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> in a couple of years from now, we want to plan for things like that, right? So the goal discussion is a big component to help us as uh, mortgage advisors define and implement a strategy, financing strategy to enable you to get there. So that's the, the number two block. Number three is big, big block, which is aligning your capital sources. And I'm going to share, share with the audience here some tips on the key building blocks, starting with this one, aligning your capital sources. So what, what do we do here? Basically, we say, okay, you want to buy three properties next year and you want to acquire X number of properties over the next five years. Great. Where is the money going to come from? Let's think about it now. Yeah, so, big question. <laughs> you're not going random about, you know, this money topic, number one. And number two, you don't want to be in a position where you get stuck. You're short. No, that's it too. Yeah, you don't want to be short on money and you don't want to go and um, get money at uh, and pay for it uh, a price that is much more expensive than what you need to to pay for it so this is what we call aligning capital sources and what we always tell investors is apply to get money when you don't need the money that is gold everybody listening that apply, never <laughs> apply when you don't need the money and i like tapping into capital through secured line of credits i'm a big fan of what we call advanceable mortgage products. So if you have a property, let's say that is worth X and you have a mortgage on it and there is equity in it that you can take out and you qualify to take it out. I don't suggest that you take it out by increasing the mortgage. Why? Because you're going to turn your cash flow upside down. Yeah. And you're going to have a big chunk of money sitting in a bank account and you're going to be paying principal and interest on that money while you're looking for properties. And it's going to hurt you down the road because now the lenders are taking a big mortgage payment into their calculations. So I always say, let's maximize on equity takeouts through secured line of credit. Secured line of credits will help you put that in your back pocket. Doesn't cost you anything per month. It doesn't hurt your lending ratios. Okay. As much as a mortgage payment. Yeah. And you only pay as you go. Okay. So that's a big, big tip for aligning capital you know, set up the capital when you don't need it, set it through secured line of credits and you want these secured line of credits to be advanceable, meaning they would increase as you pay down the mortgage because over the long run as an investor, you're always looking for, you know, capital to invest or capital to cover renovations or capital, uh, you know, in case- Or a roof or who knows what. So set it up on the right product upfront to continue to get access to that money, you know, over the years. And you can recycle it. That's something you mentioned earlier. If it's all a line of credit, you can tap into it again once it's paid off. Yes. Instead of a mortgage, once it's paid off, it's oh. over. You need to refinance, reappraise, and who that's that's painful. Anybody who's been through that, it's a lot of work. So do it once, do it right. <laughs> yes. yes. Even if a product like this costs you a little bit more in interest rate on the mortgage component from a strategy standpoint. It's a powerful, powerful product. Yeah. And you'll thank Dahlia for years to come <laughs> and your team. I mean, wow. 
yourself for taking the action and making the right decision too. You know? Oh, I have it on a few properties and those that I don't have that, I'm like, oh my goodness, this would make such a difference because you see your statement each month and now, oh, I have this line of credit growing. What will I do with it? And and the equity. And I mean, you've it's just amazing what it can do for, for investors. Yeah, 100%. So these are the first three blocks, sorry. Assessing your current state, uh, talking about your goals, and then aligning capital. Would you like me to go through the remaining? Yes, please. Okay, so the fourth one, which is also a key one, is what we call maximizing your borrowing power. So we want to plan for this upfront. You don't want to be in a position where you go apply for a loan and you hear, sorry, your loan is declined, or they cut down your loan amount or you pay for a higher interest rate that you didn't plan for. Okay. So yeah. you, and, and these things tend to happen if you have not worked with a mortgage broker that helped you plan things upfront. So as mortgage brokers, we know how the lenders think behind the scene. Okay. That's as, it. as a client, you can go talk to the bank, but you wouldn't know what's beneath that iceberg. You don't nope. know how they think, how are they running the numbers? How are they evaluating your file? So that's my role and my team's role. So what we do, you know, um, once or twice a year is sit down and say, okay, knowing where you're heading, how are we going to open up borrowing power to make sure that you continue to qualify at the best cost of capital possible? What do I mean by that? Financing is a numbers game. So let's say, you know, here are a couple of tips. Someone has an interest-free loan from Home Depot or MBNA, and you know, investors, we like sometimes to take these loans to renovate, which is great. Yeah. Um, and you're not paying anything for months on that loan. And let's say you use 30 or $40,000 on that card. Uh, well, there will come a time where we're going to need to pay down this loan or swap it with a secure line of credit. Why? Because from a lender standpoint, as much as you're paying zero interest and you're not making a monthly payment, they're taking a big payment into consideration. So it stops you from qualifying with these lenders. So if we're proactive about figuring out strategies to reduce it, to help you move forward, you know, that's great. Another example is um, around uh, sometimes car loans. Oh, so that's a big one. Big, big one, right? Uh, sometimes you may have a car loan um, and you've got very little left on it. But, but it's still 500 bucks a month or whatever. What? Yes a big monthly payment. Although the loan amount left is small, the monthly payment is still high. And you're going, you know what? My loan is almost done. Why? why yeah, why pay it now? Why pay it now? <laughs> but again, from a lender standpoint, they're looking at your monthly obligations. So yeah. we help you find ways to clear that off your balance sheet. So how can we pave the way to make the numbers look better for your future financing? Um, that's another trick. The third one, is around big revolving line of credits. You know, sometimes, or actually most of the time, investors use line of credits over time to buy properties with, which is the, you know, recycling equity. At but it some, adds up. It adds up, exactly. At some point, you end up with a big line of credit, and we have to then convert portions of that to a mortgage, again, to help the numbers. So things like that are the things we guide you through through this phase of the financing roadmap. Uh, another big one, given the tax season, is mm. <laughs> as a self-employed client, report the right amount of income on yes. your returns to 
help you qualify. Again, the power is in being proactive and planning. If you have filed your taxes and you just went by what the accountant is saying, I mean- it's Too late till next year. <laughs> and you come to us for financing, we have to work with what you've recorded. But if we're proactive and say, Francois, you want to buy two or three properties this, this year, here is how you should pay yourself from the business and how much, and let's talk to your accountant to talk about tax implications. Now we are actually optimizing what you should show and how much you need for financing purposes. So that's a very, very fundamental uh, building block of the financing roadmap. Yeah, and I love it because to a lot of people paying zero or showing zero income is very sexy, but the bank does not like it. <laughs> so it's not good. So you have to plan. And yes, there is a cost, but you're buying assets. So you have to be prepared. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there are situations where we actually advise the client not to show more income because yeah. we, look at the, we look at how much they're going to need to pay themselves to qualify with a bank, what they're going to save versus what they're going to pay in taxes. And we'll then say, you know what, you're yeah. better off saving here, although your mortgage rate is going to be higher here, overall, you're still ahead. So we're able to actually analyze that and guide you through it. That's excellent. Wow. Yeah. So that's the uh, fourth building block. The fifth one is uh, what we call structuring your deals. And this is where the art comes in when it comes to um, a crystallizing how you're going to move forward. So typically you go to a mortgage broker and you ask, how much do I qualify for? They give you a number and they say, here is the number. Half okay. a million, one million. <laughs> okay. What we're able to do through our methodology is map out. Yes, we will still give you that loan amount, big loan amount, but we're able to say up to two, you know, up to two or three properties, adding up to one and a half million, you can get it with 20% down 30 year M at this rate. Past that amount, you'll pay this much. So we're able to actually break it at a more granular level to help you um, apply it at the property level. So you would, you would understand what's your next purchase, the following one, the third one. That's that's number one. Number two, as part of this discussion, we guide you through whether you should put something in your personal name or in a corporate name. How does That's it a big you? question, yeah. How does it impact you from a financing standpoint? And that's what I tell clients. I can tell you from a financing standpoint what a corporation would do to the deal and to your future deals. I cannot tell you from an accounting standpoint. No. What, right? <laughs> and this is why we have to have the conversation with your accountant. If your accountant is saying we absolutely have to put it in a court, then we will take that and revise the route, the financing route, to tell you what that's going to look like. If you're that's accountant, it. Yeah. So that's a big piece, again, of um determining how you're going to move forward and there will come a point in your portfolio where a corporation is going to become part of the discussion and that's yeah it's essential about. and what can you give us some insights onto a bit of a difference because i think commercial you'll need a usually a larger down payment interest rate tends to be a little bit more but doesn't appear on your credit like what are the ins and outs of that like just very briefly very briefly. Okay. So, so here's the thing. There is no black or white rule around when you should incorporate from a financing standpoint. Let me, let me put that out because clients think, okay, maybe I should incorporate upfront because if I put 
my properties inside the corporation, they're not going to show on my credit report. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not true. <laughs> not true. Francois, here's what I've seen on, on the residential side. There are lenders that, you know, so when you apply for a residential mortgage in a holding company, you personally still have to qualify. Personal guarantee. And yeah. you provide your personal guarantee. I've seen mortgages in a corporation on the residential side show on the credit report. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. They've showed on the credit report, although the property is held in a corporation. I've seen that. I've seen in some cases, mortgages that showed then disappeared and in Ooh. other and in other cases they didn't show so if you're using the corporation as a strategy to maximize the number of properties because you think by putting it in a corp it's not going to show on a credit report and eh, don't do that that's not a strategy okay yeah it's not the um, main reason to do this at all reason. exactly but if it's if it's more for accounting then yes that's the right thinking now on the commercial side, if you're applying for a five-plex, six-plex, and up loan, we're actually also able to approve smaller properties like a duplex, triplex, and fourplex if needed using the commercial rules. We can do that. A lot of people don't know that. No, I know. It's so overlooked. I'm like, go commercial. So over, <laughs> yeah, it's so overlooked because clients think, okay, I have a duplex or a triplex. It's a residential property. Okay. I should go and get a residential mortgage. Not always. Not always. Definitely the first path is residential because it's yeah. cheap, right? But if it doesn't work, we can go commercial. Now, when you're having a commercial conversation with a lender and there is a corporation involved, it is unlikely for the mortgage to show on the credit report. But in some cases, it does show as something called a registration. Mm. So again, should you decide whether or not to incorporate for financing purposes? No, come at it from an accounting purpose and then let us for financing guide you through that decision because there are always pros and cons. Yes, and lenders vary a lot. Their terms and conditions and yeah, and there's there's advantages. Like I've, I've done some commercial with you and yeah, I've seen some great advantages from different lenders. It's amazing. So what's the next? step to our building block to get to that pot of gold of owning 400 assets. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, part of the structuring the deals, we, we also talk about how you're going to structure things, let's say, with a JV partner, if JV yes. is the right source of money for you as an investor. Um, so that's part of that discussion. And then we go over uh, phase six, which is answering your questions. As an investor, everybody has questions. We make sure you're clear on everything. And then seven is avoiding the pitfalls. And that's where we help you understand um, that like the common mistakes investors make as they move forward and how to avoid them. Some of the mistakes we've seen are um, investors assuming that the lender will lend on the purchase price. Yeah. Where, where the lenders lend on appraised value. value. And, and that's happening more and more with these crazy bidding wars and hot markets in Canada, USA, other countries where I'm investing as well. It's people are like, yeah, it's not going to appraise. So we got got to be ready for a lot more cash in the deals. So. 
Bingo, exactly. You're buying a property in a hot market and you're, you know, some investors are going in above asking, obviously, uh, like we see now in Ontario all the time. Um, buying a property for 700000 doesn't mean it's going to appraise for 700000 nope. <laughs> So if you really want to go firm on the deal, you got to make sure that you've assessed the value early on and you're prepared for a worst case situation in case it happens, in case the value comes in below the uh, purchase price, to your point, you're going to have to inject more in the deal. So yeah. in the uh, avoiding the mistakes uh, or the pitfall stage, which is stage number seven, we talk about things you should watch for as you move forward. This was this is one of them. This is very good. Yeah. And then um, number eight is really putting it all into motion and launching it. So before you go and put offers in, um, if we need to restructure certain things to open up room for borrowing, if we need to set up capital, um, if we need to tweak your, your, your financing, let's get these foundational things done before you go and put in offers. Because once you put the foundation in, you can build that house a lot faster. That's but it. The foundation is, is shaky. Yeah, you may think that you're taking action and you're building it, but along the way, if you if you don't have a strong foundation, things may like tilt this way, or you may discover something later on that will cost you more. So launching your roadmap entails us implementing the things that we've planned for to build that strong foundation that you can launch off. Launch off. And we've seen investors move a lot faster once they have these things in place they're like okay i am clear on what i need to do i know exactly how it's going to fall in place boom 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 yes what's the expression again it's not an ounce an ounce of prevention is worth more than a pound of what is it again or fixing or <laughs> so I, I i see that totally here because let just like you said earlier the gold statement applying for mortgages and for money when you don't need it you're not stressed you're not in that emotional space where this house or this building is perfect we need to get it and and then bang you get bad news oh you forgot about your nice uh, bmw at 800 a month and you only have three payments left but this we're considering a hundred thousand dollars off your payment or your credit space uh, all those things are essential so i love this is there a cost for this uh, dahlia to, to do all that no wow no, this is all complimentary for um, all Streetwise clients. We do it with every client that uh, starts to work with us. And on an annual basis, for those who would like to grow, we can sit down and do a, a reassessment or an update for the financing roadmap. Excellent. I need to call your team for my next <laughs> next acquisition. Absolutely. And yeah. so this spoke about how investors scale as well as laying that foundation. Just like if you're being, building a skyscraper, you got to go in much deeper than the six or eight feet down for a house. So if you're building much bigger, you need a, a better foundation. It takes a bit of time. It's not exciting. But as you said, once it's done, then you can go much faster afterwards and, and be confident as well with your decision. Yes, not exciting. You got it. It's not exciting. But if you want to run much faster, you got to invest the time up front. Yeah, no, I love it. Just like taxes as well. Risk. And mitigate risk, right? 
Yeah, because a lot of people are risk averse and we're seeing things in the world right now, risks we didn't think about, um, bombings and illnesses and who knows what. So you don't want to have to deal with all of that, plus have some some silly banking issue because you didn't do proper planning. So And laws are changing constantly. We mentioned earlier the interest rate went up. I'm sure rules are constantly evolving as well. Lenders have new things oh now we do this this way six months all down the, the road it's different so all the time you see you see all of these grays you know <laughs> no you hide them very well <laughs> <laughs> that's where it's coming from <laughs> this one's td rbc scotia yeah, yes. got a big one here bmo <laughs> <laughs> i love it so what's the best way for an investor to reach out to your team dahlia and get started on this roadmap to success uh, simply email us at info at streetwisemortgages.com or you can visit our website streetwisemortgages.com and just reach us through the contact form. Either way works. Excellent. And you'll be joining us in the creative real estate investing community where yes. I teach people on investing. Dahlia is going to be talking about creative financing, OPM. We can dig into that because there's a lot of misconceptions. People think you can just pull money and just whatever. But yeah, there's lots of laws around that, like money laundering um, and this new uh, mortgage administrator using registered funds. So all kinds of new hot topics to discuss. Dahlia will we'll prepare and I'm sure you'll be ready for uh, all the questions. Yes, we've got uh, some great topics to cover under creative financing um, and also how commercial. Yeah, like, you know, vendor take backs, RSPs, uh, other people's money, joint ventures, uh, private. Yeah. How do you actually put this puzzle together the right way to uh, to grow? It, they are, these are tools available to you as an investor. So you need to understand how to use them effectively and when to use them to grow. And that's exactly. what I'm going to go over. And of course, I'll answer all questions. Well, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to catch up shortly on all these exciting topics. I'll see you soon. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Ciao. Hello, investors. So you've been thinking about scaling your business, your portfolio, getting into real estate investing, but you don't know where to start. Or you've been an investor for a while and you've hit a wall. So financial roadblock, or your market is tapped out, or you're just tired of land the landlord and tenant board if you're in Ontario, I have a solution for you. So I've set up recently two new Facebook groups. One is called the Creative Real Estate Investor Beta Group. It's free for anyone to join. Look it up on Facebook. I'd love to see you there. I provide a one hour free group coaching on that group every month. And I have great guests as well coming on and lots of exchange happening. I also have the alpha group. So same thing, but it is a paid group. So it's $97 US per month, but you also get discounts for one-on-one -on -one coaching with me. And I have all kinds of guests that are uh, more exclusive. We're going to have some insider information, information about pre-construction opportunities, deals in other countries, states, and uh, private lending, private lenders, joint ventures, you name it, anything related to real estate will be there. So I'd love to see you there. You can also send me an email, flhomescorp at gmail.com to find out more. Cheers.
Hey there, listeners. We hope you enjoy this latest episode of the Wine and Real Estate Podcast. Yes, absolutely. You can find us on Instagram. Our handle is wine underscore and underscore real estate. So wine and real estate on Facebook, FL Homes Corp. And you can also find us on our YouTube channel. Yes. And please make sure to give us a rating, five stars mm -hmm. or any comments. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we love suggestions as well. Cheers. Yeah. Chin chin. Thank you.